BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the latest box office news, movie news, and streaming news from around the industry. Today on the Cinema Gold Show, we dive into the latest box office numbers and headlines from around the industry. But before we do that, we'd like to remind you, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Just search the Cinema Gold Show. And as always, give it a thumbs up if you like our videos and subscribe to the channel and help us out. And now let's dive into today's box office, or this weekend's box office numbers, which saw the mighty movie Paw Patrol power its way to a domestic weekend box office victory over Saw X. The uh, Paw, Paw Patrol, the mighty movie, has powered its way to a domestic weekend box office victory with a North American haul of $23 million, which was enough to hold off the terrors of Saw X's $18 million debut. As reported by Comscore, Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie, placed second internationally by adding another $23.1 million, sitting just behind under the lights' impressive $54.7 million weekend. Worldwide, the second Paw Patrol big-screen movie has brought in $46.1 million. The sequel to 2021's Paw Patrol, the movie, surpassed the original's $13.1 million opening weekend and is on its way to potentially outperform its worldwide run of $144.3 million. It's been said that uh, Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie, feels more like a legitimate feature film than its predecessor, but it's still well within the realm of distractor cinema rather than something parents would want to watch with their kids. 
thought X's $18 million debut wasn't a franchise record, but it did outperform 2021's Spiral and 2017's Jigsaw, which were the last two entries to make their way to theaters. It couldn't, however, earn more than the opening weekends of Saw, Saw uh, 5, Saw 4, Saw 2, and franchise best, Saw 3. Saw X's production budget was roughly $13 million, so it has already earned that back and will only add more as the days continue especially considering its worldwide total is already at $29.3 million. My takeaway from the movie in a brief sentence or so, I would say, is 20 years into the franchise, Saw X showcases an emotional depth that manages to take one of these stories higher than ever before. The creator, another newcomer, placed third with $14 million in North America worldwide, the sci-fi epic from Rogue One director Gareth Edwards, has crossed $32.3 million. Rounding up out the top five were The Nun 2 at $4.6 million and The Blind at $4.1 million. The Nun 2's run at the top of the box office may have ended, but its domestic total now stands tall at $154.4 million. Its global tally is at $231.2 million. Let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. Are you surprised at these numbers? Is there anything that was... Oh bigger surprise to you than most let us know and now on to our next topic a haunting in venice is closing in on a huge milestone at the global box office after just over a half a month in theaters worldwide director star kenneth Bragna's a haunting in venice his third agatha christie adaptation is nearing a hefty milestone at the global box office while the film's commercial performance has been mostly underwhelming it's currently tracking to conclude its theatrical run with over $100 million worldwide, which should soften any potential blows. This past weekend, its third, the film added $3.8 million domestically, excuse me, taking its running total to just over $31 million. A Hunting in Venice has also grossed $58 million from overseas markets for a cumulative global total of $89 million. The film's biggest foreign markets are the UK, Italy, China, France, and Spain. It makes sense for the movie to have done relatively well in Europe, considering that's where Christie's novels are the most well-known. A Hunting in Venice debuted with an underwhelming $14 million domestically, which had followed up with $6 million in its second weekend. But now it's clear that domestic audiences aren't all that interested in this series, which has been on a consistent downward spiral after the surprise success of Murder on the Orient Express. Released in 2017, the film introduced Kenneth Bragnall's version of the famed fictional Belgian detective Hercule Perrault engrossed more than $100 million stateside and over $350 million globally. Last year's sequel, Death on the Nile, concluded its domestic run with only $40 million and wasn't able to crack $140 million globally. The movie was produced on a budget of around $100 million, which further dampened its box office performance. Perhaps in an effort to mitigate risks, 20th, 20th Century Studios slashed the budget to around $60 million for A Haunting in Venice, which stands apart from its two predecessors in many other ways. First, it's based on a less popular novel. Second, it doesn't have as starry a cast. And third, it's more of a horror thriller than an old-fashioned murder mystery. Critical reception has also been kinder than before. Haunting in Venice sits at a fresh 76% score on Rotten Tomatoes as compared to 60 and 61% that Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile earned respectively. As things stand, the movie will have to count on finding its audience when it hits the home video market, and that perhaps will determine whether fans get 
another one of these. A Hunting in Venice stars Kyle Allen, Camille Cotton, Jamie Dornan, Tina Fey, Jude Hill, Emma Laird, Ke uh, Kelly Riley, Ricardo Scamarcio, Michelle Yeo. Apologies for butchering those names. Let us know your thoughts on Hunting in Venice. Were you a fan of it? Have you watched it? Let us know. After the Writers Guild of America strike, top priority titles for studios include Stranger, Stranger Things and Fast and Furious 11. The strike raised issues of fair compensation, regulation of AI, which we'll cover in a, in a uh, another segment, and streaming residuals, which have been addressed in a tentative agreement with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Netflix is prioritizing writing for Stranger Things Season 5, while Universal is focused on Fast and Furious 11 as an important part of the franchise's finale. Stranger Things and Fast and Furious 11 are two of the titles that are highest on the slate of priority titles for studios coming out of the WGA strike. The strike, which saw Hollywood writers putting down pencils for 148 days, ran from May 2nd through September 27th. The issues at the core of the strike included fair compensation, regulation of AI, and streaming residuals. And now that a tentative agreement has been reached with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, writers can go back to work. Per a report from Variety, various studios have certain projects they want to prioritize writing as they wait for the SAG after strike to come to an end as well and allow production to resume. For Netflix, these titles include Stranger Things Season 5 and Wednesday Season 2. Over at Universal, Fast and Furious 11 is the highest priority as the upcoming movie is an important piece of the multi-part finale of the action blockbuster franchise. The report lists the priority projects for many other companies. That includes the movie studios Parallel, Star Trek, Rainbow Six, and Warner Brothers, The Batman 2. It also lists projects on the television front, including shows from ABC, including El uh, Abbott Elementary, Grey's Anatomy, and over at Fox, 911 Lone Star, Law & Order, One Chicago, and FBI. While these projects will likely ramp back up in the coming weeks, they won't all come to screens at the same time. For, ex uh, for instance, Netflix's approach to shows involves completing production and post-production for an entire season at a time, which leads to long waits between wrapping production and premiering the show. Some of the bigger blockbusters already have dates set, but they are likewise quite a way into the future. The Batman 2 is due October 3, 2025, for instance, and could be subject to delays. Assuming the sag after a strike ends within the next month, neither Stranger Things nor the Fast and Furious 11 are likely to be the first projects to be available to the general public. The first signs that the industry is back to normal will most likely be the network television shows, while Abbott Elementary and Law and & Order and the like will have to produce shorter seasons to make up for lost time. If actors are able to resume work, the quick turnaround of network television will allow these shows... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Tim Brentmere at midseason. Let us know your thoughts on in the comment section below. What would you like to see first come out uh, following the end of the strike? Are there certain shows you're looking forward to? Let us know in the comment section below. Are there certain shows or movies you want to see first be released following the end of the writer's strike? Let us know. And now on to our next topic. The Daily Show is back to widening its search for Trevor Noah's replacement following the Hassan Minaj controversy. The search for a new permanent Daily Show host is continuing. This December will mark one year since Trevor Noah exited The Daily Show and we still have no idea who will take over hosting duties from him permanently. There has been no shortage of candidates thrown out, including Hassan Minaj, who was reported to be the frontrunner for the job in early August. However, following the controversy surrounding the comedian's stand-up material, words come in that The Daily Show is back to widening its search for a permanent host. In case you missed it, Hassan Minaj caught heat recently from a New Yorker article that shared he embellished details in his personal life for his routines. As reported by Variety, Paramount Global is now considering a wider array of candidates to take over The Daily Show. Although it's unclear if this is directly in response to the new details about Minaj that have come to light, or if it's that just coincidental timing. It was also noted that uh, Minaj, who was a correspondent on the Comedy Central series during Jon Stewart's tenure, and guest hosted the show for a week in March, is not out of the mix entirely for succeeding Noah on The Daily Show. It's just now there's a renewed effort with looking at other people. To be fair, shortly after Hassan Minaj was said to be in contention for sitting behind the news desk on a permanent basis, it was reported that fellow guest host Cal Penn was also in the running. It was not like the powers that be at The Daily Show and Paramount Global ever settled on Minaj, but now it appears that he's lost his frontrunner status. Still, one would have to imagine he has a leg up on much of the competition, given that after he left The Daily Show in 2018, he hosted Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj on Netflix. The Daily Show has been on hiatus since May 1st because of the writer's strike, with the correspondent uh, Dulce Sloan being the final and aligned guest host that launched with Leslie Jones in mid-January. Though Sloan only hosted the one night, The Daily Show is now set to resume airing on Monday, October 16th, and a new group of guest hosts to keep this ship running. However, the plan is now for someone, for the new permanent host to be ready to go by sometime in 2024, ahead of the presidential election. We'll let you know when that decision has been made. Until then, keep uh, stay tuned for other no- uh, other TV news when it comes to the 
upcoming 2023 TV schedule and 2024 future. Let us know in the comments section below who do you think should be head of the who should be the host of the Daily Show. I mean, I gotta admit, I preferred the Daily Show with Jon Stewart. It hasn't really been the same without him, but hopefully they find somebody decent. And now, on our next topic, Tom Hanks has called out an ad using AI-generated copy of him without his consent. <laughs> Whenever the WGA and SAG-AFTRA members voiced their concerns regarding the use of AI, this is the type of situation they are fighting to avoid. This weekend, Tom Hanks, recently from in Asteroid City, took to his Instagram account to alert his followers that a video of a dental company that appears to feature him is actually an AI-generated Hanks that was created without his authorization. Hanks didn't share the video, but told his followers to beware and made it absolutely clear that he has nothing to do with it. The dental company indeed boldly made a Tom Hanks ad without reaching out to the actor. Pretty safe to say that Academy Award winner could likely take legal action against them. Once again, this situation sparks conversations about the use of AI. While no one disputes that it can be used as a tool to help in several situations, the part that worries artists is the ethics of it, how out of control it can get. In the case of someone as famous and with such a long career as Tom Hanks, it's pretty easy to use his unauthorized image because his face and voice has been everywhere for the better part of the last three decades. Hanks even had a digital version of himself created for the Christmas movie The Polar Express, and his face got digitally de-aged for one of his most recent films, A Man Called Otto. However, if no legislation or just basic common sense isn't applied to the use of AI, companies may start profiting off Hanks' image and voice without having to pay a dime to the actor. As it can be the case with several others, including voice actors who are faced with the threat of companies from using their voices to speed up work. When it comes to the U.S. use of AI, we're still very early in the process of understanding how it how it has and will reshape the industry. This year, this year, screenwriters fought tooth and nail so that studios wouldn't start trusting AI to pen scripts, and actors are still fighting to retain intellectual property over their own faces and voices. Tom Hanks is not the first, and certainly won't be the last celebrity to have to speak out against the unregulated use of AI. But it's important to voice concerns early in the game so that conversations can be built around it. And now on to our next topic. Netflix, our beloved streaming service, has sent out its last ever DVD rental. Netflix has officially ended DVD rentals after 25 years, marking the end of an era for the iconic red envelopes that were beloved by film and TV lovers. The decision to end DVD rentals means that Netflix will now solely focus on its streaming operation, reflecting the shift towards digital media consumption. The streaming giant Netflix officially ended DVD rentals after decades of shipping out their iconic red DVD envelopes. With September 29th serving as the final day of service, the streaming giant reported on Twitter, or X, whichever one you want to call it, that the last DVD to be sent out was a copy of 2010's True Grit. A great choice, to be sure, but indeed it is the end of an era. While there are still other places for film and television lovers to access DVDs, the decision to end its DVD rental service means that Netflix will now solely be a streaming operation. Excuse me. Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandos wasn't the only one to mark the occasion. 
On the company's official blog, Netflix bid farewell to its DVD rentals with a short nostalgic video that showcased how the service evolved from its conception to the present day. Saying, quote, In 1998, we delivered our first DVD. This morning, we shipped out our last. For 25 years, we redefined how people watch films and series at home and shared the excitement as they opened their mailboxes to our iconic red envelopes. It's the end of an era, but the DVD business built our foundation for the years to come, giving members unprecedented choice and control, a wide variety of titles to choose from, and the freedom to watch as much as they want. Today, we wanted to take the opportunity to thank you for watching. Previously, Vital while discussing the company's decision to end its long-running service, Sarandos explained the reasoning behind the streamer's choice to step away from the DVD rentals. He said, After an incredible 25-year run, we've decided to wind down DVD.com later this year. Our goal has always been to provide the best service for our members, but as the business continues to shrink, that's going to become increasingly difficult. So we wanted to go out on a hot, and we'll be shipping our final discs on September 29th, 2003. Let us know, how do you feel about Netflix ending their DVD rentals? Growing up, I actually don't think I really used their DVD rentals much. I know I tried it, like, occasionally, and then at the time, I just didn't have the money to keep it going, so I kind of quit it and brought it back over time. But I never really got into it, because it there was always, I think, streaming options or just renting stuff online. And then I think if I really wanted something, I just found the movie at the library. Which surprisingly had a lot of recent releases that I've noticed over time. Of course, let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. Hey, if you want to support the channel, go ahead and buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash cinemagold. With your support, with your support, you can help our channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring a new host, be able to pay them, and hopefully take this show on the road. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. You have been watching the Cinema Gold Show. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold Show. Find us on Instagram at The Cinema Gold Show. And on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Cinema Gold Show. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.